Welcome. You're listening to the Grow Ortho Podcast, presented by HIP. This podcast is dedicated to orthodontists who want to stand strong in their market and be leaders in their community. Now, on to today's show. So, Matthew, thanks so much for for taking the time to chat today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Definitely. So tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got started and what exactly you do. So I've been in the uh, dental industry now for almost two decades. I started uh, prior to my own company. I started my career working with, at the time, is MBA America Bank, giving loans to dentists. Uh, we were bought out by Bank of America a handful of years back. And then in 2005, 2006, I started my own company. Uh, Beach Consulting specializes in working with the startup dentist, uh, all specialty to, from the very beginning of the idea of the concept to one year after the doors open and all the success and process in between. About five years ago, we launched an independent credentialing firm for dentists as well. And uh, so I run both those sides of the businesses that we do. Do, do you work with orthodontists too? We do, yes. When dentists and orthodontists, when they're ready to work with you, especially with, with two different, is it two different companies or really just two different uh, offerings that you have? Two different companies. Okay. So now one, our consulting firm will include the credentialing for a new startup as part of the package, uh, but not every dentist wants consulting, not every dentist needs it. And so they just may do the credentialing side of it from there. So hence the two companies. On the consulting side, which is our company's name is after me, Beach Consulting, uh, you know, for that orthodontist or general dentist that's uh, gone to dental school, have been out and associated for a couple of years and realize this is that time that they want to take that next chapter in their life. We'll help them from the concept of, all right, what's that vision look like for you? And how do you start from finding the right location to work with the right lender to um, equipment companies, construction companies, putting all those pieces together. And that a big part of that is also including the marketing package from theirs. So how do we make sure that when their doors open, they have patients coming in and they can be successful moving on from there. After the doors open, we provide a year-long service to where uh, I have a team member that will go into their office every single month in person, teach, train, and put systems in place to help grow their practice. On average, the a standard dentist across the country will produce about $350,000 to $400,000 in first-year production on their own. Our average clients, anywhere between seven hundred dollars to $1 million in their first year on their own. Wow. So what, what in your mind or, or with your experience rather are some of the biggest things you see that kind of make up that gap of yeah. the average practice versus obviously there's so much more potential. Um, what are kind of the missing links that, that your average startup just misses out on? Sure. Uh, a lot of it comes down to just not knowing what you don't know, never doing this before. That'd be like you or I sitting down and we have a patient in our lap and they want braces and we've never done it. Imagine how slow and how wrong we would do that uh, versus that orthodontist who has had the education, a mentor, uh, something that's guided in through case by case, case for years now. And now they're ready to do this on their own and they understand that. Well, for us, it's the same way in business. We've helped a little over 400 startups across the country and in Canada as well. And... We have a process that works very well. That's not rocket science. Um, it's just business 101. But the biggest leap of success for our clients that are, you know, that try to figure this out on their own to us hitting 700,000 to a million their first year is that we are guiding them down that path in person, holding their hand, 
how to take that next level and grow each step of the way. We have the systems that we're going to come to the table with that they don't have to think to create. Do a good job in the marketing. The doctors are back Monday through Thursday doing dentistry. Well, when are they teaching their staff how to process and bill for that insurance and the right way to do that? They've never done that before. They've never had that education. So they probably wouldn't do that. They may send their staff off to get educated. But when they come back, business as usual. Well, versus us, we're actually in their office guiding them step by step through that process to maximize that efficiency. And then when we come back for the next visit, we're also holding them accountable for what we instilled and put in place to make sure that's still going on when we come back as well. So what's that process look like? I'm, I'm, I guess you have to kind of break it up in bite-sized chunks. Yes. What's that look like? You know, if, if I were a dentist wanting to open a practice, came to you guys, what, what would that look like in terms of um, getting started, but then, you know, that rollout plan and, and the commitment of time or what's that look like? We have two phases to the project. So in a startup, we got phase one, which is getting your doors open. And that phase of it is they work with me directly in that process of wherever they are in the country to find a location, to bring in the right banking so they can afford that process, bring in the right contractor that understands dental and ortho, bring in the right marketing company that understands the specific needs for um, getting new patients in the door for an orthodontic practice, as an example. Equipment companies, we hire their staff, we do their credentialing process. So that first stage is all those direct little pieces. And we have a timeline that goes with that as well um, to get their doors open. When their doors are open, all right, so then through construction, we'll get a timeline of when they'll have their certificate of occupancy. We know when we need to get everything finished in that regard and um, doors are open. Then our team, my consulting team, will schedule that time every month to go in their office. And those monthly visits are between one to two business days of training every single month for a year period of time. So in those visits, we have what we call a 12-month agenda, which is this big checklist of items that we need to ensure the office understands and is aware of before we leave at the end of one year. There are things in there that we may not have to cover much on because the staff already has it. Maybe, for example, the front office is very good at collections and they're already collecting at 97% within the office. Well, even if it's different than our process, we want them at 97% or better. So there's no need for us to continue to focus on that. They already have it down. Maybe they are struggling and overcoming financial objections. So we'll spend additional time on that and that process throughout that year. What are some of the things um, you see maybe in instances where things go wrong? Maybe it, it's a client you have or, or people you just talk to and, and things are not going as planned. The reason why I bring this up is there's probably many people who will listen to this or watch it and they're already in the process. Yeah. They're they're probably thinking, man, I, I probably should have done this um, going into starting up my practice. What what would you tell them? And also what are some of the things you've seen that maybe they can identify with and start to work on maybe even themselves? Absolutely. So the when we come in later into a project, and later I mean they've already found their location. Maybe they've already signed a lease. Um, that first piece of finding the right location is key. And where I've seen have offices struggle is, like I'll use an example, um, I'm in the Dallas, Texas market where I live. We have a great suburb area uh, called Frisco Prosper in that corner. Very high end income, very, um, a lot of everybody wants to live there. Um, new, modern, a lot of great opportunity for business. And even though the demographics still support, say, another orthodontist or general dentist to go into that and start up and the numbers are there, well, there's five or six new startups happening right now. 
And so if you're not doing the due diligence to understand what you're competing and going into, you're going to have a much slower and harder start getting your doors open than if you hire the right team, whether it's us or somebody else, to go in and understand what your demographic is, what's the growth of that area, understand how many startups have happened in the last you know couple of years as well to know what you're competing against to open your doors. So having that information dissected and really making that educated decision is key. Once that's done, if you've done that well, you're gonna have a great success going into that first year. The other thing I've noticed too is a lot of our clients do very well with this, but clients that don't have somebody guiding them don't put the needed effort into the marketing that is key to get their you know, success going. Marketing is not a one-time thing that you do and then you're successful. Uh, in today's day and age and the way the environment is from all the different social media platforms and marketing to still even direct mail that goes out there to you know getting SEO and being prominent on page one for pay-per-click, there's so much that goes on into that. That's an ongoing effort. A lot of clients out there where I've seen or have struggled after the fact is that they did it once, they got the rush of patients coming in, but they stopped reinvesting back into that marketing. And then they got slow and like, well, what's happening? I'm slow. Well, it's because you stopped marketing. You got to continue to market. So that's the other thing I see a lot of the times as well as they stopped doing the things that got them going to be successful, or they didn't put enough of the money needed towards that versus, you know, only equip two or three operatories of equipment, not four or five, and then take that extra money and do a right marketing campaign to ensure you have the kickoff that you need in a startup. Yeah, these are these are great uh, discussion points. So Harrison and myself started speaking at uh, various residency programs um, a little over a year ago, and uh, it's our goal to to really try and speak at as many as we can, and then build relationships with those programs yes. to continue to go back. We actually uh, took on one as a partner recently, so um, we're doing their marketing, uh, Seton Great. Hill, and it's, um, going really, really well, but every single program we go into, um, we're advising them and educating them on what to get ready for. If they're gonna go start up their own practice, or maybe even they're thinking about it, um, after several years of, right. of working at another practice and the feedback that we get it, every single program is this is never really talked about. I had no idea that I would need to um, be ready for these things with this specific information. What we see and, and what really prompted us to um, build relationships with these programs is a lot of people who would get on calls with us. And obviously, you know, most people listening know what we do. We have a marketing framework, but really, Beyond that, it's a growth framework with um, software and coaching and training specifically on how to make the marketing and the opportunities work uh, for the practice and grow it faster and easier. Um, but we'll see these startups say, hey, um, I'm like 30 days out from opening. I need some marketing and I've got like a couple grand. You know what yeah. I mean? Like literally like two or three grand, maybe five grand. Um, and they're just not prepared at all. And then when you start to learn more about what they've done, they've um, built this state-of-the-art facility. They have tons of debt from school residency. Um, now they have tons of debt on their building and all the technology, and they have no money left to do marketing. And then, you know, we'll even talk to practices, obviously, 10 years into it, who started this way, and they can't break the half-million-dollar of production. 
And then if we flip that and there's somebody who um, comes out, does it the right way, maybe works with you, someone else works with us as well. Um, we've seen people, you know, hit 2 million, you know, in their yeah. uh, second year of practice. In the first year of practice, they were doing it part-time and still working at a corporate office. So, right. I mean, the the potential is so drastic. Um, and it, it is like you're saying, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I think there's also, when that is the case, there's also a lot of limiting beliefs. True. So you tell people what's possible but they may not really believe it because, well, you don't know my area um, or you don't know my situation or, you know, we just hear these these pushbacks or what I yeah. call limiting beliefs. I would say I'd just like to throw that um, as amazing as today's Internet environment is with having so much access to information. It's dissecting that information, though, to make it viable for that specific person in their practice. So I know there's a lot of forums and a lot of places that people have done startups. I'm like, oh, what'd you do? How'd you do it? And you got a lot of good tips and um, information out there, but everyone is different. You know, yeah. one doctor, for example, may you know say, hey, I got an amazing interest rate at, you know, 4%. Well, maybe that was with a private bank, not one of those national lenders, and they put $150,000 down to get that 4% interest rate. And so that new startup is going to Bank of America and saying, how come you're giving me 5% and not 4%, right? You know, and so there's a lot of unknowns that just don't add up and having the right guidance and help to streamline that process for them is key. And then going into spending money the way it needs to be spent so they can ensure their success. Um, you know, we're a huge advocate of, you know, one, explaining the budget and breaking that down to them, but also making sure that, hey, if you want to have the success of our past clients, you know, if you want to do only five to seven hundred thousand your first year of marketing, and you're going to have to spend at least fifty thousand dollars in marketing that first year. If you want to be that million to million five that we have in a first year, we're looking at seventy to hundred thousand dollars in marketing costs spread out over the year. For me, if you're going to give me, if I give you, uh, you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars in marketing dollars a year, and you give me a million two back, I'll do that every single day, right? But a lot of people mm -hmm. don't understand why it goes like that and the process of getting that because it's brand new to them. So instead, if they don't have somebody guiding them, a lot of times their budget gets blown out of whack on a lot of great equipment that'll be awesome if they were busy with patients, but now it's just collecting dust because maybe they're only seeing you know five or 10 patients a week when they should be seeing 25. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was gonna also bring up your your first point about location. You know, it's it's kind of crazy, but we don't see enough thought put into that. I'm sure you, you don't either. Um, people will tell us, well, I want to go back there because I'm from there or my wife's family's there or and all those things are great. But at the end of the day, it's like what you're saying is can the area support it? Is it the right area? We're actually having a conversation. I remember it because I was doing a staycation with my family out on the beach and Harrison and I were in this um, text with this gentleman opening. A, he was doing a startup, coming out of residency. I won't say where he was opening, but he was opening in a place that we've seen to be very challenging, extremely competitive. Like, I mean, you'll have five orthodontists in the same yeah. building across the street, extremely saturated. And so, you know, imagine, you know, in a city of 10 million people trying to promote your brand. Right. Well, Everybody else is trying to do the same thing. There's tons of noise. Um, there's also giants, um, you know, corporate 
uh, in yeah. there as well. And your dollar only goes so far. Whereas, you know, if you come to Pensacola, Florida, well, there's like four or five orthodontists and, mm-hmm. you know, you can like pepper the whole town with a hundred thousand yes. dollars, um, you know, 10, 20 times, 30 times. Right. And so, um, you know, we gave him this information and a question I asked him was, Hey, have you done any research? He said, yes. And I said, could you share with me the research you've done? And he's just said, Hey, it's, uh, it's really competitive. I'm like, well, I think you may want to do, and this isn't like derogatory or to sure. slam this person. Like you said, it's, you don't know what you don't know, but I encouraged yes. him to do some real research and possibly even rethink it because we've just seen practice after practice really struggle in this area. Um, and the ones who do well know I'm going to have to spend a ton. I'm probably going to have to take on more debt and I can sure. make it work, but it's going to be a lot different than opening somewhere like Panama city or, Absolutely. you know, something like that. You know, it's factors that they should consider when they go in. So, uh, I think I'm a little spoiled in my network, the area directly in the North Texas market. We have some amazing team members and vendors that we partner up with to help our startups be extremely successful. But, you know, when they're looking for a location, they not only do they need to understand the income level of the area they're going into. So if they're planning on doing ortho and they don't want to be in network with insurance, they need to make sure that can the area you know pay for you know braces in there and does it make mm-hmm. sense? So that's one piece, but competition, you know, how many kids between the ages of eight and 16 fit that demographic that they're looking for with all the other competing ortho and corporate that's in the area. And then taking some further steps is based on that information, what's the growth level of that area? What percentage of growth is that area having every single year on average to know that, hey, if you go in here and another ortho comes in here next year. Are you guys now stagnant and no more patients are coming? Or is it growing? So as people do come in, you're still growing, you're maximizing, and it's not going to affect you that hard. And of course, all the other things, measures that go in there. But those are just the little things that to start understanding before you make a decision. Um, the other thing, too, though, is I always like to ask our clients, what is success to you? You know, for me, I think a million-dollar first-year startup is very successful, but I remember one time working with an older gentleman who later in life started his startup and he was 55 at the time and said, hey, if I only do 350 grand a year, I'm happy. That's a success to me. Great. That's easy to do. So understand what their level of success is. And you know, the average is you know, a dentist coming out in their you know, uh, late 20s, early 30s, starting their first practice. They have that vision of having a couple million dollar practice. And so we need to put them in a position, location and understanding what that future growth is like to allow that to happen. I know too, this has been a, um, a hot topic for, it, it always is, but specifically, um, you know, post pandemic, the economy. And mm-hmm. I mean, I see different headlines every day. We're in a recession. Uh, we're not in a recession. We were actually in a recession, but now we're coming out of a recession and I'm in Florida. So like the real estate here is crazy because, yeah. uh, 900 people move here a day. Um, there's, uh, you know, we don't have enough houses in the state. Um, at least that's, that's what I'm reading. And so, um, it's kind of the reason why I bring that up is it's a lot different everywhere. It's, it's kind of, um, you know, made markets very, very different versus everybody kind of seeing the same trend. So we'll see practice a putting up the biggest numbers, hitting goals and practice B is like way behind, um, last year's numbers. Um, what are you seeing and what's the landscape look like specifically for startups? 
Yeah. So you've hit a couple things on the head. Um, so we're a national firm. We can do startups in all 50 states and Canada as well. Um, we probably get 70 to 80 percent of our business out of Texas just because I live here. It's you know, my home base. And uh, so based on that, one, the interest rate across the board is going to be the same no matter where you're at for the loan. So if you're going with one of the main dental specific lenders like a Bank of America, um, you know, it's going to be your rates could be less than a quarter percent different from the next guy down the road. Some small variances. But if you go with a Provide or a Huntington or things like that, your rates might be a little bit higher. There's different things. So those are one thing I'm seeing out there. What I'm seeing for his overall side of it, besides interest rate being a little higher, construction dollars are higher now too compared to you know 2018, 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Just the inventory and supply chain got more expensive and things came along the way. So the dollar cost to do a project now is on average between 700 to 750 thousand uh, dollars and that depend, depends on where you're going in the country it could be a little higher a little less um, so that's something to factor in there so for example you know bank of america or a provider or wells fargo will give a, a specialist in orthodontist 750 thousand dollars to do their project that dollar goes a lot farther in florida and texas than it does california or new york city right and just because the construction dollars will be different they'll be a lot more expensive in california and new york city than they are in florida and texas for us from there. So just understanding as we go through the budget and know the limitations that we have with those dollar amounts that we're working with um, to also understand that, hey, at the end of the day, if you want to be successful, have patients coming in the door, there's this is a giant pie that we segment out that there's still key categories that have to be met and to make that happen. And again, I'll go back to it is I will work with a client that doesn't market the practice, right? I thought I've had clients who are like, no, nah, we're just going to quote unquote hang a shingle. I'm not worried about it. I got a lot of friends and family. They'll be referring. I've, I've been in the community for a while. Hey, that's great. I wish you the best of luck. But I give a guarantee to our consulting contracts that they'll produce a certain dollar amount. And I know if they don't market the right way in a certain way, it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. I have to back away from those projects. So if they don't have that needed amount for me, they have to spend at least 50 grand over the course of 12 months to really get the impact they need to be the success that they want. Let's touch on something that I've really become aware of. And, and there's, um, again, you know, post pandemic, um, people say there's uh, a hiring crisis. And for some people there is, again, it's based on area. I also think like you're talking about, um, you know, building costs, interest rates, a lot of that is based on inflation. Yeah. And so when we're, not adjusting salaries, maybe we're not adjusting our fee either, you know, so Mm -hmm. we're coming in at a lower fee. All those things need to be thought about. We are actually not seeing a hiring problem if um, the right hiring process uh, is installed and um, the right pay is offered. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you guys help with team building and hiring or do you help? Because I mean, that's so huge in any business is who do you have on the team? Who do you have in right. the seats? Yeah. So in our process, I feel it's easier in a startup in the hiring process than it is if we take over an established office and they're having staffing issues and then we got to hire somebody to fit into that. Uh, or a doctor buys an established practice and we're coming in, you have the younger doctor taking over a 20 plus year old practice. In the startup realm, so again, we have a schedule and timeline. Uh, so we know based on construction, doors are going to open on a certain date. For us, we want to start the hiring process about six weeks to four weeks out, somewhere in that time frame before doors open. 
that allows us a couple at bats if we don't get a lot of success from the ads that have been posted and we don't feel we have a good candidate pool. So it gives us a couple opportunities to have those interviews. So we still, we're still interviewing over the phone and then we weed out the candidates and we interview in person. And then from those candidates that are good, we let them introduce with the doctor from there. And of course, throughout training, we're hoping that they're going to be the right team member from the start, but you never know until they start working. And as needed, doors open, maybe we're four months in and we realize that assistant wasn't as good as we thought she was going to be. Well, we have to hire again. We, we go through that process. And we also teach the doctor how to do that through that process. But through that course of the year too, we're guiding the doctor on those team building, those morning huddles, those incentives that are important to staff to keep them and want to have them stay and be employed with the office as well versus looking elsewhere. But a big key is we, we had to open our eyes too and realize that we can no longer get a $12 an hour assistant and expect her to be absolutely amazing and work with us for 30 years, right? It's it, the times have changed, costs have gone up and we have to pay for that. And with that, you know, and this, this is something we realized in our own business. I mean, we were 2019, 2018 and prior pretty terrible at hiring, recruiting, um, even wanting to maybe hire more people and pay lower salaries. And we shifted sure. everything when we started to learn, okay, here's how you really grow. Actually, if we spend more and get a specialist better. or, you know, yeah. And maybe even it's just a better attitude yes. sometimes because you can teach these other skills. But where I'm going with this, I think is a lot of it comes down to leadership and the mindset of leadership. How do you also approach that? Because it's like you're saying, you know, hey, this is the first time opening a business. A lot of successful business owners, the reason why their businesses continue to grow is the leadership. Mm-hmm. They're investing in themselves. They're growing. How do you plant the seed with the doctors that you work with and help them grow? We have a lot of conversations throughout the, the phase of getting just their doors open with a doctor about how they have to wear multiple hats in this process. You know, They went to dental school. Uh, they learned how to be a dentist. They went for a few more years to specialize, maybe to be an orthodontist. Um, they've worked for somebody for a few more years now. So they got the skill set and a hand speed and understanding how to do their trade, but they don't know how to be a leader. They don't know how to be a business owner. That's also a leader. Along with that, they got to have the balance of, you know, they got their office, they're associating maybe, and they're still a husband or a wife at home too, and balancing all of that. So we talk with them about goals and expectations and how that the extra steps they need to take to make this work for them. Throughout the course of the 12 months when they're open, we're giving them guidance and recommendations and training process of leadership aspects within the office as well and team building. So they're getting that. But prior to going into that, we're setting the right expectation that it's not going to be doc. You're not just going to come into the office, go do a day worth of ortho and leave, right? You're also a business owner now. So you got to manage your team. You have a set expectations and here's what that should look like. But every team member is different. So you have to tailor that based on how they receive feedback, what incentivizes them. Some people are incentivized by money. Some people are incentivized by praise. Some people are incentivized by growth opportunity. So understanding what your team is and being a good leader and pinpointing what drives them to grow within the practices. Uh, But I'll say this over and over again, having the right person with the right attitude, we can teach them everything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, never let a few dollars get in the way of having the most perfect person to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Um, and I think it's just so important. And then, you know, in many ways, as the business grows and flourishes, leadership can become, I don't want to say easier, but different because mm-hmm. then you can elevate people and have a leadership team. 
yes. in the beginning, like you're saying, a lot of times you do have to do everything and then you can start to maybe hire for what you're not good at or what yes. you really don't like doing. Um, but I think it does help uh, wearing all those hats because then you have a real appreciation for that Absolutely. person coming in and offloading that. Um, and and it's easier to have expectations there too. And that's, sure. you know, I'm sure in your business, in my business, I mean, in the early days, we were like doing everything, you know, I was running ads, building landing pages, building websites, writing copy, email campaigns. I mean, you name it. You mentioned that, like, I think of our credentialing business. So we also specialize in, you know, a new startup starting the doors. They want a credential with the PPOs. We have a whole process that takes care of it. We do all the heavy lifting. But I remember 17 years ago when it was just me, I didn't have a team yet and I got a new startup and I, you know, they want a credential with these 10 PPOs. I'm out there filling all the paperwork out and submitting it. And yeah, you know, you wear many hats across, across the time. Then you realize as you get bigger and you can hire people to do that for you and make sense to grow out from there. Definitely. Well, any last words, anything you want to go over before we kind of sign off for the day? Just that I do appreciate the time. Um, for those dentists and orthodontists and specialists out there that are thinking of starting up, um, there's no better time than now. And a great example is several clients I had the opportunity to talk to back in 2018 were thinking about, you know what, I do want to do a startup, but I think I'm going to wait another year or two and see what happened. COVID hit us. Well, what happened after COVID hit us? Everything got so much more expensive. So if they pulled the trigger in 2018, I could have got them a 3% interest rate. I could have got their construction at about $100 to $110 a square foot. Their doors open for around $500,000. Now we're talking about $250,000 more plus a higher interest rate. So again, today is always the best day to start for your own future. So I'd always encourage any startup to start up now and always get the right team working with you, whether it's through Hip Creative, whether it's through our firm or somebody else, the right team to guide them in what they don't know is what I'd leave off with. Absolutely. I think it's kind of like uh, when's the best time to grow a tree, right? It's either today or 20 years ago, you know, and right. there's, there's these talks too about like, you know, prices are going to go down or historically you just don't see that, you know, it's, it, things, things may catch up, but I don't think prices are going to significantly go down. Maybe I'm wrong. When I started into this, I could do a startup for $350,000. Now it's 750,000. They don't go down. Thanks so much for, again, for taking the time to chat, you know, people listening, watching. I think there's a ton of value here. Um, so thank you. And go ahead and tell those listeners or viewers how they can get in touch. I know they're going to have questions. Luke, again, I appreciate it. You guys have been amazing. Uh, for us, the best way to communicate is um, directly text. I'm very efficient at responding back to that. And our phone number is 303-621-5387 um, or by email, which is matt at veachconsulting.com. And either way, you'll get a prompt response back from us. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about HIP or any of the topics in this episode, send an email to hello at hipcreativeinc.com. That's hello at hipcreativeinc.com. Or jump over to our website at hip.agency.